BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm so excited. I never thought I'd get her on, but I've managed to get on my very old friend, Diane Kruger, who is not only a mother, an author, and world-renowned actress now. And well, we've known each other forever. And so, you know, to see the Diane that I know from before to the one that stands in front of me today, it's for me a complete turnaround in sort of the way we grew up and the things we discussed as younger girls. And I think it's interesting in a way, sort of the things we know now to the things we thought we knew then. Welcome, Diane. (laughs) Very true. Hi, how are you? Good. I mean, it is true because, you know, when you're young, you sort of, you, you in a way think we all know everything about relationships and children and we're on a path. I mean, I certainly was when I met you, I was sort of in this very normal relationship that I wanted to get married and I wanted everything fast. And I met you and you were in a completely different world. You, you were modeling, you wanted to become, I remember the first day you told me you were going to become an actress and I was like, okay, yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess, you know, um, I've always had a certain ambition, I guess, you know, to, see the world. I wanted to travel. I knew that from a very young age on, you know, I, I did ballet at a pretty high level, which kind of opened my eyes to the arts, you know, and what it felt like to be on stage um, and just seeing the world through a less pragmatic eye, I guess, you know, and I grew up in a, in a pretty dysfunctional family. So my example of family or having a family wasn't, you know, quite ideal, I'd say. So I wanted for myself, and my mom always told me that, you know, be independent, see the world while you can, you know, don't let anyone hold you back in following your dreams. And so I tried to do that. And, you know, I guess at times I was a little selfish, you know, but uh, I just wanted to do as much as I could and see as much as I could. I mean, do you think because you know, I know that you said you grew up in Germany in a very small town. And do you think that's what drove you just to get out to see 
everything from a different perspective because you've always, like, as I said, when I met you, I was in that mode of like, well, I've got two years to get married, then I'm going to have children. And I mean, it doesn't quite work out that way, but that's where I was going in my head. And every time I spoke to you about it, you were Mm -hmm. like, hell no, you were so bloody minded that you were going to become an actress and, you know, which is a big thing to be able to cross over to be a model and then become a successful actress today. And you were going to travel the world and you were going and you always accomplished everything you said you were going to do. (laughs) Well, um, you know, yeah, I just I think growing up, um, you know, I'm from a very small village, 2000 people. I, I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. Every girl I went to school with wanted to get married and didn't aspire to much more than that. Not that that's a bad life. It just wasn't for me. I could, I never saw myself in that, you know, and I just always wanted to do something artistic, which was a little bit scary because no one in my family had done anything artistic, you know, and it wasn't really taken seriously until the modeling came along. And that was an opportunity to go to, you know, move to Paris, learn French. And I kind of knew when I, got to Paris for the first time that I wasn't going to come home. You know, I, I wasn't going to quit school and, and just leave home at, at not even 16. It kind of so happened that I, you know, I was in a very traditional, very Catholic school. And when I started modeling, you know, I was missing a lot of classes, but I, I would take my books, you know, and I would pass all my tests. Not great. You know, I wasn't like an A plus student, but I would do them. And then after a few months, the principal called me in and said that I needed to make a decision whether or not I wanted to continue school and graduate or, you know, leave, quit school. And I thought that was so harsh and so unfair because I was doing the work, right? And he basically asked me to choose between my dreams or finishing boring school that I truly was not loving. And so I I told my mom and she said, okay, listen, you can you can take a sabbatical, but if I hear anything, you have to come home. And so I did. And I was very good. You know, I mean, you knew me, I wasn't, I mean, you you knew me a little bit later, but I wasn't really drinking until I was 18, for example. You know, I was really, I mean, I went out and I did a lot of stupid stuff, but I wasn't like, you know, your typical hard partying model. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, as I said, what really impressed me is that you were always gung-ho. You you sort of had a direction and no one was going to throw you off it which I think yeah. if, if for people out there, you know, is so important to, you know, to live by, because I think people do try and throw you mm. off it like the school. I always say school is amazing and absolutely we should all finish it. But, you know, if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. And, you know, you are That's on right. a path that you love. I'm on a path that I love and you're the most successful when you love your mm. job. And that's just a fact. But I think, you know, when I knew you, obviously, we all went through our crazy times. And, you know, I was on this, as I said, this path to marry the first man I think I met and have children. And I remember having this um, talk with you about kids and everything else. And now, actually, I'm really glad I didn't have kids with him. But anyway, or the second one. But, you know, it's very hard <laughs> to sure. see it when you're in it because I that's all, you know, that's yeah. all that we had that we were taught. That was like reaching the pinnacle for us. Like if you've got married, you've Mm -hmm. caught the guy and you've had your babies and you stood strong in a place of where all the women had sort of had that path and that direction. And you were determined not to have children or that was just never on your path. But I always wondered whether it was more to do with your upbringing and not with the timing. But maybe, 
you know, because you had said that you didn't love your childhood as much. So you didn't want to do that to a child or, or is, do you feel differently now? Well, I just never believed I didn't have a good, good example of, uh, a family life, you know, and, and, um, I was always scared to commit to something and, and feel stuck in a situation as I saw my mom being stuck in a situation. You know, I think that she could have done more traveling. She could have, um, you know, if she had had children a little bit older, I think she might've gotten out of her dysfunctional marriage a lot earlier. You know, I think that uh, me and my brother were witness to things that weren't very pretty, you know, in, in, a, in a relationship. And so I've just never, I thought I'd never wanted that for myself. Like I, I felt like maybe I wasn't made for that type of life, you know? And do you feel like your mom stayed just for you guys that she would have moved faster if, if, if it wasn't for you guys that maybe. No, I mean, she never said that or made me feel like that. It's, it was me growing older and seeing a different life, you know, in, in Paris and then in New York and the things that were opening up to me um, and the possibilities that I had. And, you know, I just uh, like I looked at my mom and I saw how how unhappy she was in that marriage for so long, you know, and, and I felt like she stayed in it because of us, as so many women do for way too long, you know, and I've just um, I wanted to and I, I never wanted to feel stuck. And she was so adamant about me always being financially independent and being responsible, which weighed very heavily on me as I was growing up. But I'm, you know, I'm glad she did. She, there was a lot of pressure for me also. I, you know, I'm not from a wealthy family. I mean, we're fine, but you know, I didn't grow up with money. So there was always that pressure of, you know, if I don't succeed, then I'm going to have to come back and, and get a regular job, you know, and I, that, that very much spurred my ambition. I mean, so then you sort of do manage to put you, I mean, you became one of the most successful models. You were the Equidigio Armani girl. And I, you know, I remember that campaign was everywhere at the time. And yeah. obviously you were so much on the New York scene. And then, you know, when you decided to become an actress, it's like going from the top to the bottom again. You know, how do you then go <laughs> yeah. from the top of one career and go, I mean, it is a completely different thing. One, you're being pointed and told exactly what to do. And the other, you, you know, you have to learn a whole new skill set. And I've read some of your scripts and I don't know how you do it. Cause I just don't, I can't even, it's like, I don't, I can't see both sides and read them. It's so bizarre to me. So like, how do you right. have the sort of balls to sort of say, okay, I'm here and now I'm going to go all the way back to the bottom again and start again and not even know if you're any good at it. Well, you know, I just, I started to feel very uh, lonely and, and bored with modeling. You know, like I, I was tired of the traveling. I felt like my life, to be honest, was passing me by to a certain extent, you know, because I was so young, but I felt, I felt like I had done it all. Like I didn't want to go to any more fashion parties and I didn't want adults, as I was becoming an adult, I didn't want them to keep telling me, what I should put on in terms of makeup and hair. And I just, I, it just wasn't fresh anymore for me. And I was missing, to be honest, I was missing, missing the stage and the expression that I felt when I was a ballet dancer. And so I was kind of tired of the fast pace in New York. I was coming out of a relationship that kind of ended badly. 
And it just felt like I needed to do something else to be happy again. And so I moved back to Paris, if you remember, and I went to drama school thinking, oh, you know, because I never really looked like a model, you know, I'm not really that tall. And like, I'd never, you know, I don't, I'm not the, the alien model that you see on runways. And so, you know, I loved French cinema and I loved that culture, the, the people really go to the movies for actors and for stories. And I just love the, the Claude Sautés, the Chabrols, you know, all of that. So I went to drama school and, and that was really great because it felt like my college years, you know, I didn't have that. So I just remember taking two years to just really do what I love and, and try out things and not be judged for it. You know, nobody knew I was a model there. They just knew I was German. And I went to French drama school and had lots of friends and smoked way too many cigarettes and talked about, you know, Victor Hugo, as one does. And I, I loved that. That was like the best thing ever. And then, you know, I got a job. Two years in, I got a job. And that's kind of how it happened and never looked back, you know. And do you think like this time, because if I look at your 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 relationships, you've had quite long relationships always. And each one I always thought mm. was going to end up marrying and I always wondered whether you kind of like you know they they sort of fizzled out or you know you ended it because for the same reason in a way you know because you're always looking to I don't know sort of start again like you know it, it gets it gets boring do you think that the same um, philosophy you apply to life applied to relationships because it is hard when you have any long-term relationship like for me I there was nothing wrong with the end of my my marriage I was 18 years but I was just like is this it you know it was good but it wasn't mm. great you know it's like do you feel like because a lot of women stay in it in that phase right and think there's never going to be anything afterwards and actually as you know this one you know, you've now, you're now in an amazing relationship and you've had a baby that there is always, and uh, there isn't always a new beginning. You can start again. You can have a fresh, you know, look on life completely. And there, you know, and relationships mm. are meant to be different, very different, you know, and they take you through different phases and places. So, you know, amazingly that, you know, what do you think has been your secret to being able to, because a lot of women collapse and you, you know, I don't know, you know, they said that you were engaged, uh, married before, which I don't think you were. Yeah. You know, I just think that, um, the difficulty for me anyways, in any relationship I've ever had is that, you know, when you're young, especially your life, you still change so much, right? Like you're not the same person at 30 as you are at 20, as you know. And so any man or any relationship would have to evolve with you, right? And I just found that sometimes love is just not enough, right? Two people can love each other, but their life just takes them in very different directions. And I mean, for me, I can fool myself only for X amount of time thinking, oh, I can still make that work, even though I really want to do this now. And I can accept that he, you know, he's not really allowing me to blossom in the direction that I want to blossom. But um, there's always been this point in my lives and in my relationships where I can't do that compromise anymore. And so far, I have never allowed a man to define my life in that way, you know? And, and as I grow older, even though I'm very happy in my relationship, and obviously I'm a mom and very happy with that, you know, I have learned that for me, what works best is to feel like you can do what you want to do. And my partner, gets to do what he wants to do. And we have to make that work 
within the relationship, you know, and it doesn't have to be a common, like we don't have to have everything in common. We don't need to work together. We don't have to, you know, do everything together to feel like we are a couple, but we have to make it work as a family unit. You know, I, I have learned that if I'm not feeling complete and happy with what I want to do, or my, my partner doesn't, it's just not going to work for me. You know, some people like, like you and Sergio, you love working together and that really works for you, right? Because you felt like you didn't have that with Jim. But, um, and, and that's great. And I've had that in previous relationships in a way, but um, my interests are so different than Norman's, for example, you know, and we somehow have to make that work well, I guess or not. But that wouldn't work now because surely he's on, he's gone for quite a long time. I mean, you have a very different life to most women and that's, you know, that that's got to be hard on a harder um, journey to sort of navigate mm -hmm. because the two of you, regardless of anything to be successful are in different parts of the country. And that's just always going to, how it's going to be the way it's going to be. Do you have like a way yeah. that it works? So like you make a deal that one person is always home and then you take it in turns or how does that work exactly? How, how can you make that work when you have two people that have very successful jobs, but you, they take them, you take you away for months at a time. Yeah, it's not always easy. You know, I, what's difficult is, is that Norman's on a, on a show, right? So they shoot many months. It's not like a movie that's over, you know, max three to four months. And then, you know, you're done for a few weeks or months. So that's been challenging. But, you know, we're in Paris because um, for a year because I, I was making a film here last summer. And then Norman started doing the spinoff of The Walking Dead also in Paris. So we just decided as a family to move to Paris and now making a French film here, you know, it's like, it's, you can't just ever plan. Like, I think the more you can just accept that it's never going to be a set way, you know, you, I would just have to Roll with make it. it work. You know, he, he can come after he's wrapped here and, um, you know, I'm doing a film in Toronto in May and in June, and he's going to be able to come for, you know, a few weeks, but it's, it's not easy, you know, and having a kid it makes everything obviously even harder. You well, know, I was going to say women at the best of times, you know, are um, jealous or, you know, children throw where well, you've got, you know, they're, they're easy at the beginning, but then you've got school to throw into the mix. So how do you cope when mm -hmm. both of you, I mean, I guess it's the same for him, but you know, if you're away on sets, you don't, you know, you feel maybe a little, you, you haven't seen each other for months, learning to be able to have enough self-confidence in yourself, because I feel like confidence is the key to a relationship in any relationship, because if you're mm -hmm. always wondering where the other person is or putting parameters of where they can go or what they're going to do, you know, they're going to feel stifled. It, you know, it kind of kills a relationship, whether you're a, a, an actor or anyone with a job mm. that takes you on a plane anywhere, frankly, you know, you need to have that confidence. Yeah confidence in yourself and I guess your family unit to be able to continue. How do you get that? Because it, as you said, like he's on an ongoing show, right? So I guess it's like a life. It's, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just with, um, I don't have a different choice, right? So as I've grown older, uh, my number one priority, 100% is my family, right? So I'm not going to do I'm not going to do anything to put that in jeopardy. So when I, you know, also when I'm filming, you know, usually Nova comes with me. I'm, that's like double duty, right? I work 12, 14 hour days and then I have Nova to take care of on weekends. And I just have to trust that that's the same for Norman. You know, I can't on top of that worry about, I mean, I, of course, there's moments where I feel insecure or I'm thinking, oh, what's, 
you know, what's he doing? But I just don't have the luxury of, of that life, you know, otherwise it's, it's doomed from the get go. For me, it's like quieting a noise in your head, right? So, you know, it's learning Mm -hmm. how to, to, to block that out because everybody has insecurities. I don't care who you are in any walk of life. Um, And I think as women, we're a lot sexier if we can quiet to those noises, then, you know, let them out mm-hmm. in a way. And if I think, you know, that's a, a, an amazing, you know, what you do anyway is an amazing, it's a testament to you because to throw a baby into that as well, it, I know what it is to bring up children. I have more yeah. help than God here, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you did that. Three. That's Dubai. Superwoman. It's nowhere else. It's Dubai. So I don't know, you know, I can go to work and not worry. I don't know how you're going to, you know, how you do it and then worry about schooling bringing up and do it on doing it on your own, even though you have a partner and it's very difficult because, you mm-hmm. know, when you're stressed, you don't have anyone. I take everything out on my husband and, you know, he's not there. So I, I get, you know, how hard that probably mm-hmm. is for you to navigate, but you, your mother travels with you, right? It's, it's, it's very hard. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's probably not as hard as a, a sing, you know, a, a mom that's raising her children by herself and she has no money and has to have, you know, do two jobs. So I bring my mom with me. Thank God, you know, she, she comes and she's basically our nanny when I work, you know, so I don't have to worry about that. Nova schooled in the Montessori system, which has been really great because they're all over the world and it's the same classroom, right? So it's a, it's for, for Nova, it's very safe. She comes into any city in the world and she will find the same tools, the same curriculum, the same everything. So she's never behind, right? It's a different way of learning. And it's, you know, she, from the time she can remember has been used to this lifestyle, right? She, and I always make it a point to put her in a, in a local school wherever we go. Cause I don't want her to feel like her life's on hold, you know, while mommy's working. So from the, from the very beginning, I said, you know, we live, we live in the world and we have friends everywhere and we don't have to miss anyone because we're just going to be here for a minute. And then we come back, we're going to, you have friends all over the world, you know? And I mean, so far she's only four, but like so far she really thrives, you know, she's going to a French, uh, English international Montessori school here. I spent eight weeks in Poland last year. She went to school there, uh, a month in Spain, you know, she, she's a very open (laughs) little girl. So, you know, we'll see. And then, you know, I make the effort on vacations or holidays to bring all of her friends from all over the world. Like we spend most of the summer, even though I was working with her best friend from New York, from her school, um, same with Christmas, you know, and, uh, I don't know so far so good. We'll see. And what made you sort of change your mind now into having a, you know, from, not wanting children to having children was it the man or the timing do you feel you know I don't know maybe it is what people say about women and that time clock just all of a sudden kicks in I mean the truth is I would have had a kid with or without a man uh, attached um I, I I remember starting to feel like I you know well in my mid 30s like what am I doing all this for why am I running so hard trying to make money and trying to live this life. What's it all worth it, right? And uh, I was in a very serious relationship at the time and we tried very hard to have a child, which didn't work out. And then uh, I kind of, I got, I was single and I thought, oh, you know what? Like, maybe it's just easier to do it on your own anyways. You don't have to, you don't have to ask anyone for, you know, permission or what, you know, schooling or where you're going to live. 
let's do it on your own. And um, so I was actually looking into that process when I, when, you know, I was, we were ca casually dating Norman and I, when we realized we were going to have a baby, you know, and naturally. And so it just became this, I mean, Nova truly happened when I was least expecting it and most needed in my life. You know, she was the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me, to us, to my life, you know. I know. And it's so like, I see you now and you're so committed and you're so in love with her. And you've just written a children's book as well, which I did not see coming mm -hmm. at all. What what brought that on? <laughs> me neither, believe <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> How, way, where? Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> so um, ex ex explain. <laughs> well, it kind of happened during COVID. You know, I was, so we were in LA or I was in LA working. We got shut down mm -hmm. because of COVID and my mom happened to be with us and Nova was very little. And as you know, weeks turned into months and I hadn't spent this much time with my mom in, you know, 20 years. And we started talking about my my childhood and the things that, you know, stories I'd forgotten that I heard about. And so I remember, you know, I was, I was very much teased in school when I was growing up about my name, which I know sounds crazy because Diane's not the most unusual name, but where I'm from, it kind of is. And I remember my mom telling me um, as I was coming home from school crying one day, why I was named Diane and after, you know, who. And I remember it changed my life in, a, in, a, in, the, in the way I looked at myself and I, I started to feel, you know, really special. And, and I started writing things down and, um, you know, Nova was, her name was such a thought process. I'm sure every parent goes through this, you know, what am I going to name my kid? You know, we're named after ancestors, we're named after, I don't know, because just people like the name, but Nova because she was such a surprise to us and such a blessing. And, you know, we were starting this new relationship, Norman and I, and Nova in Latin means new beginnings. And so that felt very significant. And a Nova star is a star that's being reborn all the time, right? It changes, which also felt very significant. And so we just, I just decided to write things down about names. And then um, I sent it to an editor and they liked it and it took two years but like here we are <laughs> Diane Kruger author of children <laughs> children's book I literally <laughs> didn't see that coming it's another spring to the bow I absolutely didn't see coming but amazing I mean I again that's I think it's it shows you that we really can do anything in life and you know you have sort of taken on so many different roles. I mean, I, as I said, I've, I've been through a couple of movies with you and, and, and read these things and I'm always so impressed and I've been to, to sets with you. And I honestly think it's amazing what you've been able to achieve because, you know, I, I mean, I can't even remember my own name, let alone what you have to do on a day, daily basis. <laughs> you know, I certainly couldn't remember that. I'd be the worst actress ever. But, you know, I think you've built a beautiful life, Diane, from, you know, w where we all came from. And it's what I think mm. is so nice is, and so unique is it's so out of the box, which is what I know it's very different. But what I've tried to do for myself always, which is not follow the for crowd, sure. you know, and you like mm. it, don't like it, whatever. We followed our own paths, you know, and I really love seeing how we've ended up because, you know, there's very different. But there's both very, I, I think, beautiful to see, you know, and we're both very happy yeah, where yeah. we are. I mean, you've done the same. Yeah, you've, you've, I never thought you would 
do what you're doing now and live in Dubai and, you know, and have three children of all the people. I never thought you would be the one that has the three kids, you know, let's be honest. And, you know, you love being on, on reality TV and it really suits your lifestyle, right? You love that you do what you love. So that's great. That I think that's like really the premise is like, you know, I guess people, what I'm trying to say, I always say that relationships are never a failure because whatever led, mm -hmm. you know, even though you thought those, the, the, your relationships before may have been the ones where you've, you know, would you change where you are today for anything? No. Well, you know, there's a couple where I was like, had I known certain things, I would have ended it earlier. <laughs> you know, I feel like it maybe well, could have hindsight been is a wonderful thing. For a couple of years. We don't get hindsight. But what we do get is, you know, sometimes learning those things later afterwards helps. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, had yeah. you known everything was, you know, um, sort of apparent in the relationship, you know, sometimes you don't listen, by the way, or you don't want to see things in relationships. A lot of women don't you know, um, until, till after the fact. Yeah. Including me. Exactly. Sure. So I yeah, think, you know, sure. maybe you weren't ready and maybe deep down you knew all those things, but didn't want to look at them. And that's very, very common too. But my, exactly. I think my point is when you're in the relationship with someone, you know, you don't see much further because, you know, you're so committed to that person. But like, I think, you know, you've ended up where you're meant to be because as you said, you tried before yeah. to have a baby. It didn't happen, you know, for whatever reason. And maybe, you know, this was the reason, right? Because you yeah, too no, would be goodness. stuck somewhere. As you said, thank goodness I didn't have a kid with that person. Yes. You know? you know, but you too would be stuck somewhere that you couldn't move from because a child does ground, you know, ground right. you and you have, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't know Norman well, but I mean, I'm guessing he's quite a free spirit like yourself from, you know, what he does. So, you know, you've met the person that sort of allows you to be you, as you said, you know, that doesn't try and control you, that doesn't try and stop your career. Because a lot of men, you know, if you become more successful than them, you become, you know, it, it puts a different dynamic into a relationship, especially when you have two actors, I would have thought. Yeah, but, you know, I've also learned with time that um, I won't allow that anymore to happen, right, from the get-go. The boundaries, I've, I've, I get, I got, or I am getting really good at putting down boundaries of what, what I allow to happen in my life. Right. And, and with age comes this beautiful knowledge of you've gone through heartbreak a few times, you've gone through failures a few times, but I very innately feel that no matter what, you know, there's Nova and I'm independent and everything else will be fine. Like no matter what will happen, you know, I hope I'll always be in this relationship. I hope we'll be together until the day I die. You know, I hope I'll have work. Um, but if I don't or those things don't work out, I know I'm fine. You know, like I'm going to be okay. That's what I always say to myself. Regardless of anything, I'm always going to be okay. And I think that takes the scary out of anything. And I think more women need to learn yeah. that. And I was wondering, actually, you, you hit the nail on the head just then because you said it's due to age. Because I want to shake women, some girls mm. that I know you know, then I think to myself, maybe yeah. we didn't know that back then. We know that now. And that is, it is always going to be okay. Nothing is so bad. You can't get out of it. If you're independent, you, you really can choose, you know, which is, is priceless. Yes. You know, you priceless. priceless. Yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, and I'm sure it's the same for you, but once you become a mom, you know, especially for a girl, you know, it's, it's just so, I've taken it on as my life's real opportunity and my life's real duty 
to curate Nova's world, you know, until I still can, you know, with that innate sense of she's okay wherever she is. There is nothing to be scared of. And I don't mean like monsters out of the bed, you know, but just like the confidence to know like the world is your oyster, truly. You know, you you are encouraged into doing anything you want to do, which is also why we chose the Montessori schooling way, right? Because it goes the children's way. But um, I just really believe, you know, I hated the way... I grew up, especially in the schooling system where things are being forced down your throat because you have to be a certain way and you have to learn certain things because that's how you succeed in life, right? I really don't believe that. And so I'm, I'm really trying to install that into her, you know, and, and I don't want to clip her wings, right? I think schooling and, and the way adults sometimes act with children, I feel like they are constantly just talking down to them and clipping their wings, you know, rather than allowing them to express themselves, of course, within limits and rules, but just really try to um, let them be, you know, who they want to be. I think that's a really, really key point is just seeing children as individuals. And I, a lot of schools don't do that because, you know, and if you don't um, fit in and you're not good at certain curriculum, which I never used going forward, then you, you know, you're, you're branded stupid in a way from a young age, which I think is very yeah. damaging. I also think you, you hit the nail on the head with boundaries. I think, you know, I wish we could learn to put boundaries into place a lot earlier with friendships, with husbands, with, mm-hmm. you know, lovers, whoever it is, because boundaries are real and, and children, because boundaries, they're really hard to do, but they're so, they're so important mm-hmm. because as you said, you know, after a few relationships, I'm the same, you understand what you will and will not accept, you know, that are just no goes, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't even have to be that, you know, stringent. It doesn't have to be like, you know, I won't accept this on the third date or I won't accept that. I, for me, it's things like, even my, what do I, what I want in my bedroom, like as in not sex wise, but I mean, like, you know, I like to use my bedroom at the end of the day when I'm exhausted as my peaceful time. And I just, I need like even an hour where I shut the door. I don't see my children, don't have cameras. I don't have anything, you know, because we live in a different way when we're filming, I'm about to start next week, you know, Mm -hmm. that I just need to Zen out and just like literally be by myself. That is one big boundary I set for Mm. myself now. And like, you know, and it's so important because I'm a different Mm. person if I'm allowed that space. So I think that's key to to any relationship to allow. And it's more fair on your husband. If you actually, you know, it's not giving him a list of rules. It's telling him how you really feel rather than holding it in, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, through therapy, I've learned also it's okay to be uncomfortable you know, make when you make demands for yourself or if you make a request in a relationship for something that may put your partner in, a, in an uncomfortable situation, right? Or that could be tension because you might not like that or she might like that. And that's, I've learned to accept that, you know, it's okay. Like it doesn't always have to be comfortable. You know, there can be a moment where things are not so rosy, but you know, you need that, right? I think that's the main key for me that I've learned. Every partner in a relationship has, you need to be able to express what you need and your needs need to be met because if you don't get them, you will only be able to look past that for a certain amount of time and it'll, it's going to catch up with you whether you like it or not, right? So it's it's actually okay to, to say, I know you're not going to like this, but I know I need this to happen for me. 
And then it's up to your partner to either make that effort or not. But, uh, you know, that's what I've learned. I completely agree. I think starting a relationship with uncomfortable conversations is super important, you know, be it finances, be it where you're going in life, be it, you know, what you expect from one another. And so many people don't do it. They don't want to rock the, the boat, as it were, or they're scared that to ask. And I think long term, mm-hmm. it's the only way to have a relationship. Yeah, I actually listened to your podcast about that. And I really agreed with you. I forget which one it was. But, um, you know, when you asked me to to be part of this, I, I listened to a few episodes and I listened to this one where you said the what you've learned about what you should have done. Yes, I think it was communication is like, key because I, I was taught, I think in, right. being English, I was taught that money is an ugly subject, sex is an u- ugly subject, mm-hmm. all of these things. And they're actually the subject you should start <laughs> with in a relationship because, you know, those are actually the keys mm. to a relationship, right? So you need to know financially where you both are. You need to know what you like mm-hmm. sexually. You need to know all of these things about each other, but we are told not to mm-hmm. discuss them. Yeah. And I, I mean, definitely our generation. I'd be curious to see how that is playing out, you know, for younger people, because I definitely think that they talk as women who traditionally weren't making as much money as, as men, you know, there was always that understanding, oh, she's just going to spend my money, right? Like men always say, oh, she's going to take my money in a divorce. And she just, you know, she's a gold digger or she wants this or that ambition in women was frowned upon, right? We were, we were crazy feminists, you know, if we, or we were harsh because we had ambition. I think that those things are changing, or I don't know if they have changed, but they're definitely changing. But, uh, you know, it, it really is the same in the workspace. You know, when I started out as an actor, whenever you had a question or a comment about anything, you were brand, you could have been branded as difficult, you know, or we as women learned so much to sweet talk everything, you know, we would, to get what we want, we would have to be nice about it. And like, you know, just like, chatter and be sweet about it, you know, and, and, and man could just say what he wanted and he would be branded as, you know, a great leader or, um, he was considered, you know, oh, he's a smart businessman and women would be labeled as bitches or, you know, difficult to work with or hysterical. Right. And like, I'm just, maybe it's age again, but like, I'm just not, I don't, give a fuck what you think about me. I'm just going to tell you what I need, you know? That's because you're where you are now. And the same with me. I've been branded difficult to work with because I've asked questions or, you know, not like things that I'm doing at the time or didn't want to do them, put myself in that situation. And I've learned the same, like, okay, I'm difficult to work with. Great. Because I have an opinion and, you know, I have to, has to sit, sit well with me to be able to do something. You know, I I don't want to sell my soul Mm. at this point of my life. You know, this whole podcast is to help women not make the mistakes I think that we grew up with and to be able to find the tools to to talk. My daughter definitely isn't being brought up this way. I do not want her to get married by 30. Mm. I do not need her to be an A student across the board. You know, just pick pick a subject, do what you love. And, you know, that's good enough for me. Thank you, Diane. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I think a lot of women will it really so enjoy fun. it. I think it's just, you know, it's fascinating and you've done, you know, really, really, I'm really proud of you. Like amazing from where we both were to Same. where we are today. <laughs> um, so thank you for coming on Divorce <laughs> Not Dead. True. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Have a nice day, guys. 
Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 